You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild. This is Anna and I'm here with Rick and Paul. How's it going, guys? Hey. Hey. What's up, dude? (laughs) (laughs) How's it going, man? Paul, how's it going? I can only hope to be as nonchalant as that was. That was that was dripping cool. Sweet. <laughs> I'm, I'm buddy. I'm buddy. Great. I'm great. That's how, how are you? Who's going to ask how you are? You apparently. <laughs> I'm fantastic. I'm I'm happy to be here. Uh, so on this episode, we're going to talk about games that are good but forgot to be fun. Yeah, I hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> And not this. Oh, this doesn't mean just great when you look at it uh, on the back of the box. You have to have been at least impressed when you're playing it. There's got to be something that you like about the game, something that that made it a, a really good, well-made game. It's just maybe at some point you realized you just weren't having any fun playing it. Mm-hmm. I think the sort of key to note in all this is a sort of like it is actually. We admit these are great games. They're really good. Or at least I, I am. I don't know about you yep. guys, but I admit that all of my picks are like they're great games so don't be too offended Mm -hmm. by the fact that we point them out because they're awesome it's just that they weren't actually fun (laughs) and um or at least not to us maybe it was to you actually i know that people think that the games i picked were like really fun and well that's kind of your problem but uh not mine (laughs) right well this is my problem because i'm the one who had to play them and they weren't fun so that was my problem Yeah, and that's a good disclaimer too. It's like they're great on paper, and they might have been great to you. It's just we, for some reason or another, didn't have a spot of fun playing them. And you know, mm-hmm. yeah. could have been down to you know stomach cramps at the time. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, no, there's no scapegoats. We just didn't have fun with them. Yeah, it's like the entire time we were playing them, we felt exactly like how Paul sounds right now. <laughs> 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 I hope you're doing okay there, Paul, because you sound a little bit uh, dead. I, I just really captured the, uh, the way you started the podcast with the, the I'm fine. It just it just <laughs> absorbed me, went into my bones, and now I'm just like, you know, what's what's the bloody point? You know, I'm an energy vampire. <laughs> see, now that I've taken your energy, see how full of energy I am now? <laughs> <laughs> this is podcast that you co-hosted and didn't have fun with Paul. <laughs> you know, it was good. It just really wasn't that fun <laughs> uh no I, I i think if anything hopefully our podcast is the reverse of that like it might not be that great but at least we hope people are having fun mm-hmm. yeah exactly you know, we're not we're not experts on any of this stuff we just we just choose to talk about it and try and make it fun yeah every now and then we'll like you know say the wrong thing get some facts mixed up or make fun of somebody's name um but uh <laughs> sorry highlander my bad <laughs> if it makes you feel any better i forgot about highlander too i'm just i'm just not gonna say anything because yeah, i'll just make it worse <laughs> <laughs> well you know when when we first brought up the idea of doing this episode uh the first a game that ended up occurring to me was a, a game that came out in uh 1989 called populous have either of you guys played that Technically, yes. Mm-hmm. I've um, recently Googled it, so... <laughs> that counts, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I did play it back when Abandonware was a lot more rampant and my moral ethics were a lot looser in terms of uh, playing games that I didn't actually buy. Mm-hmm. But I'd always heard of Populous from back in the day. It was like a big deal. It was a big thing. So I was like, finally, I had a chance to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, since it wasn't really legit copy... Mm-hmm. I didn't have the manual, so I didn't read the manual, and I kind of blamed that for the fact that I could not figure out how to actually play the game, and, oh, no. and so I just didn't play it you after 10 minutes of get into it. not knowing what to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, this is a game that had over 4 million copies sold. I think it was one of the best-selling PC games of all time. And so when when I had it given of its time, of its time. I, I think I think games have sold a little bit more than 4 million copies lately. <laughs> but uh, it was to me, it was a great opportunity. I didn't get the book either. My dad just brought home a jewel case and it had the CD in it, I think. Or Yeah, it wasn't on disc form. We had a CD version of it. I hope it came with the CD in the jewel case. <laughs> well, an empty jewel case would have sucked. <laughs> well, I, well, I mean, I guess they do that now when they sell you boxes and they come with like a code or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was like, this is a chance to play God. I've never heard of anything like that. It was like SimCity meets being able to rule the universe <laughs> and i put it if only there were a game that was like sim city but you got to play a god yeah imagine that right <laughs> <laughs> but it's like okay it's i don't know i'm gonna say i'm gonna say did any of you play it but i'm going to guess a lot of you listeners did play it because if it sold that many copies you must have and hey maybe i'm wrong but i put it on and all of the the ui the layout i remember it being on the screen you'd get like a little tile that you could work from and all the commands would be on the screen but on tiles so it kind of had this 3D effect right from the get-go that I really think that they were trying to impress people with. And it all did make it look marvelously mystical and, and kind of started sort of easy and you'd flip through the pages and flip through the tiles and manage your little neighborhoods and it would get harder and harder and harder until it was impossible. And I think that's how you won because it got so hard you couldn't play anymore. And if you could get beyond the first 30, you were probably godlike yourself. But I think there's like 500 actual levels in the game. And hey, if somebody out there finished this game, like for real finished it, I would love to hear that. It's, it sounds like it started like a, a trend of, of making just enormous games where the, the the exit strategy is is that you just walk away because it got too hard. Like it's, <laughs> it's a weird sales pitch for me when they're like, the Elder Scrolls is over 700 hours of gameplay i'm like i'm out as soon as you say that i'm out that's not that's not appealing to me like i don't i don't have 700 hours and if i did mm-hmm. you know i wouldn't be doing that i i i apologize i lied earlier i, I didn't google it previously but i did just now google it <laughs> when you said them things and and it's got one of those awesome box art covers that that makes you I could see myself being disappointed in this game because of how great the cover is. Like, nothing can live up to the cover I'm looking at. It's really cool. It is. It's got a great cover and and such a great game. The company, they even tried making a board game. It was all, like, Lego style. So you'd play it with little Lego pieces and stuff, but it didn't end up going through. Oh, that sounds infuriating. (laughs) Oh, I see what you mean. I'm not sure if I've ever seen the box art before. Yeah, it's pretty. And now I do, and it's just sort of like, wow, that looks like a totally different game than what I played. Yeah, and there's a lesson in all this too. If, if your game is mostly just isometric grids, then maybe just you know tone down the box art, kind of, <laughs> kind of ease us into it. I mean, that's 
that's advice for 20 years ago since you know box art's kind of dead like you said ricky a few seconds ago now now when you buy if you do buy a game physically it's just like a little plastic debit card sort of thing that you <laughs> punch a code in from but mm-hmm. well i mean i got nothing against the isometric views personally but um <laughs> i don't know i mean i i i think there's something to be said for a really great box art to draw somebody in but uh, i think you're right that you know the, it should at least be kind of reflective of the experience like this just makes it look so awesome <laughs> and so maybe it is if i ever actually learned how to play it but i just like i seriously stood there mm-hmm. it took me 10 minutes to try pressing every button to see what it did mm-hmm. and after 10 minutes that none of them did anything interesting <laughs> or uh, as far as i could even detect useful or in any way interacting with the game i just had to give up because it's sort of like i yeah that's um I, I pushed all the buttons and nothing happened, so I'm not going to do this for hours. I think maybe I was, I was born a little bit too young to play this game. Like, maybe if I was born in 1972, it would have been mm. right up my alley. That's possible. Am I oh, dating yeah, like people that, that played it? I don't know. But... Are you dating people that play oh, it? No. I'm not, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The the game is so uninteresting to me that just Googling it, I only scrolled through like four screenshots. I'm like, I get it. But the concept, <laughs> the concept of this game is so cool. I mean, you are the deity. You are making your universe and creating things. It's it's a neat concept. Yeah. <laughs> Which I liked a lot better in Sim Earth. <laughs> yeah, Sim Earth was cool. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, I feel bad bringing this up because I bring it up like all the time, uh, even when it's not really relevant to conversation. So I guess now it actually is relevant to the conversation. I feel bad for bringing it up. Um, the least surprise ever is for, for me would be Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas, and onwards. Yeah, I, I can't say anything about 5 because I just didn't even bother playing it. I played a bit of yep. 4 mm-hmm. and... I did give San Andreas a good go because I really wanted to like it because I loved Grand Theft Auto 3. I love Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Mm-hmm. Hell, I love Grand Theft Auto 1. They were fun. They were like some of the most fun games. Like, I, I mean, I have memories of playing it in my best friend's basement. We just didn't even really spend time on the actual missions uh, very much. We would just go on rampages, find ramps to drive off of steel cars and just be like assholes and psychopaths. And it was fun. It was so fun to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and sort of like, okay, just do like day-to-day tasks. Like now you got to go to the gym and exercise for a bit. Now you got to go buy groceries. It was like Grand Theft. <laughs> it, it was like, it was like Grand Theft Auto Jones in the fast lane almost, you know, <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> <laughs> and I only say that because I know Paul hates Jones in the Fast Lane. I actually liked it. I, I would so much rather play Jones in the Fast Lane than Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that that's the only <laughs> thing that it did wrong was just not be fun mm-hmm. because there was so much depth. There was, you know, the graphics at the time were pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Um, it was, you know, good story from what I from what I did play of it. It was, uh, you know, it was Grand Theft Auto, so it's, it's just the sheer scope of it was pretty amazing. It's just, I just couldn't get into it because they kept, like, just having me run around 
and like do stuff that I was supposed to be doing. Like, you know, I take a break from all that stuff to play games, not to see somebody else and make them do the things that I'm supposed to be doing in real life. Well, love it or yeah. hate it, the thing I like most and pro- perhaps it's the best thing about uh, San Andreas is the soundtrack. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Grand Theft Auto has always been a good uh, soundtrack heavy um, game in good ways. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Rick, and I, I, su- I suspect I might be one of the few that, that agrees in that sense, just because the fan base has only gotten stronger with that series as yes. opposed to weaker. But my timeline with you is is exactly the same. Like, I, I mm-hmm. loved 1 and 2, uh, 1, 2, and 3, and, and the London expansion pack, and, and I love Vice City, and, and then, yeah, just mm-hmm. at San Andreas, it was just all these these, like, menial tasks, and I felt like, I know the element was introduced more in Vice City, but it felt more present, that being you were more restricted to what you could do until you unlocked missions and got farther. And that, that was a big turnoff for me because it was hard to, you know, if you just wanted to turn it on and be a psychopath, like you said, which is like the, the the roots of these games, you know, you were like really limited to the small amount of space and and it really forced you into actually playing the game, which, which (laughs) I really didn't like. And, I don't know, like, mm. the first three were really charming in their own way. The, 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 yeah. I don't know. There's something about them that was very charming, and, and Vice City definitely was an expansion, but I really, I just personally really dug that, you know, mm-hmm. synth-asia sort of vibe, and, and yeah, it was downhill from there. I, I skipped five like you did, and then recently mm-hmm. I, I played, like, the intro to the latest one. Is that is that five? I think that it was is five. five. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I guess I can't say I skipped it, but, but yeah, <laughs> it, it seemed good, but it also seemed like a shell of, of what gta used to be yeah it, you know it just turned into just you know complete street drama crime sort of i don't know it, it lost its kind of it lost its appeal to me and maybe that's also just there's only so much you can drive around a city and be a maniac and blah no, blah, blah there but, isn't because i, right? I got i got really into and... saints row like yeah. after yeah, all yeah. that happened so much fun mm-hmm. so and much I played good like, and fun <laughs> yeah and i played like three games of saints row you know start two mm-hmm. three and four and there were fantastic and the thing that i loved so much about saints row 2 which hooked me into the series was that it mm-hmm. reminded me so much of grand theft auto vice city mm-hmm. so it had that feel about it and they kind of knew that you know they started i didn't play the first one so i can't comment on that one um but i remember i was working at eb games when 2 came out oh yeah and there um we had that tv in the middle of the store that played all the uh trailers for upcoming games and they were totally like, um, you know, they were really driving home that they were taking it in another direction. There's, or, well, not another direction, but they were keeping with the original direction where they said, like, mm-hmm. hey, remember how boring Grand Theft Auto, uh, four was? Well, we're <laughs> actually going to be fun because people want to play games for fun. Yeah. Yeah, that game's full of surprises. And, and Grand Theft Auto V, I, I got it for the PlayStation 3. So after about an hour and a half of downloads and finally getting <laughs> into the game, it forced me into a driving mission that I suck at and I wasn't that great at. So I got, I was unable to finish it for ages until I finally got it on the computer. And then it was actually a different beginning on the computer. So I played it there and, and it was a little bit easier, but it was very, very specific, very linear. This is what you do. You have to accomplish the goal. You're not going to open up your freedom until you've probably put about 10 hours into this game. And then maybe you can go wander mm-hmm. around and cause some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And and I know a lot of people might um, respond to this saying like, oh, but all the things you can do or the the maps are so impressive. I agree with that. They did everything right, except for making the game fun. They just didn't yeah. do that for me. 
And mm-hmm. if if everyone else has fun bowling or whatever, you know, good for you. That's great. <laughs> that's, a good one. You know, uh, that, that's awesome. Great. Don't let me tell you not to have fun with it. I just, for me, it just wasn't fun because um, that's just not, it, it just didn't click with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of this topic too. Where it's like anything that the listeners who disagree are thinking in their heads right now, it, it can just easily be countered with, and that's why it's a great game. But yes. I just <laughs> didn't have fun. That's maybe that's just me. I could be wrong. Which which brings me to my next point, which everyone loves. This one, it's like I know people who it's like their favorite game ever. Uh, even non gamers play it and love it, and <laughs> and. and I just don't get it, but Red Dead Redemption, the first one, I didn't play the second one because I just, I'm still recovering from the first one. I know, I've never played that. That's kind of like a Western Witcher on a horse, I think. Um, it, it's something. It's Western Grand Theft Auto. Western Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah. Fully. Um, and you'll not believe how much that, as a pitch, is just already instantly should be my favorite game of all time because mm. grand theft auto in western like i people might not realize this some some people might realize this but i love westerns maybe not like the john wayne movies i never really got into those i i, I hear that they're great i watched like a couple of them and they just weren't really my style but you know spaghetti westerns and uh, mm. uh clint eastwood movies like josie yeah, wales the good, and unforgiven the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yeah Exactly. And, uh, you know, Tombstone, Magnificent Seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great I, song. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> Probably movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um. <laughs> <laughs> The Clash, Magnificent Seven is so good. Anyway, sorry. Uh, okay. Sure. <laughs> I, I just thought I'd step in and kill the flow. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, it, it seems like everything. Should be great. And I did have a little bit of fun just like, you know, doing the usual, oh, I'm going to just cowboy around for a little bit. But that only lasted so long before I'm like, okay, I should actually probably play the story mode in this, especially since everyone keeps ranting and raving about how the story was great. And to be fair, it was. It was really good. Like everything they did, the graphics were great, again, uh, especially for its time. And it probably even still holds up today. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they put a lot of attention to things. There's a lot of stuff to do. It was um the the scenery was amazing. The story was fantastic. Everything about it was great, except it just every time like let me put it this way. I think like a good half at least or something like so many of the story missions was just racing in a cart or racing mm-hmm. your horse. Or following somebody on your horse, or escorting someone on your horse, <laughs> and it was just like, what made you think this was going to be the good part about this game? Like, why are they so convinced that kart racing is like going to be like what we're in it for? They're like a focus group or something. Yeah. All right, you guys rate how fun each activity is on a scale of one to ten. Okay, yeah. carts it is. So, yeah. Racing carts. That's that's what we're going with. <laughs> I'm picturing like this the level in Donkey Kong Country, uh, where you race on the the rail cart. Um, pr- is it uh, nothing like that? Probably nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I well, it's what I want to see. So Sorry, I'm good you know, with I, that. I think I'm not really saying it right. A uh, horse and carriage. I should be saying <laughs> ah, like okay. carriage racing. Oh, cool. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's the first thing I think of when I think Western. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when, I think of, when I think of like living vicariously into a fantasy world of wild of the Wild West, yeah. I think I, I think, think Ben Hur. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, um, I just wanted to knock this off real quick just because they're like within the same um it's the same, you know, company, uh, Rockstar. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're both GTA like, <laughs> you know, they're they're both imitations of Grand Theft Auto. It's okay. I know. I know you have to put one in, but building off of what Rick was just saying, one of the other games I picked was also by Bullfrog, and it's another kind of Sim-style game. And that, just to bring it up briefly, it's Dungeon Keeper. It's got like a wicked cool intro. It's got the sassiest, most awesome narrator. I think uh, Richard Ridings does the narration. I don't even but know who that is. He's he's a great narrator. Not. Not like, you know, Quest for Glory, amazing, but still, if if you watch a clip of the game, okay. uh, yeah, he's quite good. And, and you get to be the villain again, and you're building dungeons, and my dad brought it home, and we both loaded it up, and and then it, it's a game, you're just, you're building, it's a Sim-style game, and it's kind of hard. So do you just not <laughs> like Sim-style games? <laughs> I love Sim-style games, and I expected to like this game, and, and I guess I have a bit of a hate-on for Bullfrog, because I'm not smart enough for you guys. Don't judge me, because I'm not the brightest. <laughs> well, I mean, you play Civ and Alpha Centauri, so it's clearly not yeah. the mistake. The problem's not with you. Oh, I just, I'm trying. I thought it was going to be the coolest thing. There's just creatures that are naturally enemies with other creatures. There's cool world maps. There's neat options. There's just all sorts of reasons why my dad and I both should have loved this game. And yeah, neither that, that, of you did? Neither of us did. We both tried mm. so hard to. I see. Yeah. Wait, he didn't tell you that you wouldn't like it first this time, did he? <laughs> no, this one we tried together. No, because then I never would have tried. Oh, yeah, this thing sucks. Pfft. Whatever. No. <laughs> and Anna, to what you were saying, I, I, I'm kind of like, I kind of have the opinion of sim games as a whole to what you've been describing kind of so far, just, just with the two coincidental examples being sim games. Cause I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what I think they're going to be. I, I guess <laughs> back to that, ba- the uh, box art, I, I think I, ju- I just think they're going to be more, I don't know, less of just a blank piece of paper and, and more, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I got to think, but I want to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It just feels like you got to put a lot of work in before you can get to any sort of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I guess it's bloody my turn to ruffle some feathers with a choice. So I'm going to go with uh, Zach McCracken and the Alien Mindbenders. Mm, right. It's it on paper, it's a really good game. Like it's got a complex story. It's it's well interesting. It's got beautiful art. Um, it's 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 not like Codename Iceman, you know, like like mm-hmm. a hiccup or or rushed out the door <laughs> or, or you know that didn't really happen. We we pretend that didn't happen, sort of thing. It's it's an admirable game. I mean, I think it's hard to really dissect where it diverts, like yeah, where it really kind of went wrong for, uh, for not just being my opinion, like why the masses kind of felt it was one of the weakest entries that they had, but. That's why I say for me, it just, it just wasn't a fun time. Like I went through the motions playing this game and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people's stance on it is like the, the, the puzzle logic in this game was, was really cruel and really difficult, um, especially for LucasArts. But that being said, I did play this game with a walkthrough. Like I decided to just, just kind of get through it and, and enjoy it that way. Um, so it, I can't really say that I didn't have fun because the puzzles were hard because that's not how walkthroughs work. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was told what to do, so I was never really actually frustrated either. So I just I had a good time going through it. Well, actually, that's just the thing. I didn't have a good time going through it. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I don't know. It's here's the thing with with LucasArts games. Sometimes they feel like less of a quest and more of an assignment. I want to dwell more on Zach McCracken just because I want to hear more about it. I just can't say anything about it because I honestly don't know anything. Like, other than the box art, I've never seen a single actual pixel of that game. <laughs> and it is a really good looking game, especially the uh, FM Towns version. It's really nice looking. But I, maybe that's what it is too. Is like I really, because I like the idea of the premise so much, I, I want like a... I want a better experience with that idea of like ta- right. tabloid guy who, you know, ironically writes about fake aliens, actually stumbles across real ones, and and they dumb down the masses by you know uh, emitting like a a certain frequency pitch, like this sixty yeah. hertz pitch that you know makes people stupid. And um, it, yeah, the whole idea was just really cool. And you even get to travel around the the, the planet and go to like. Uh, maybe not the Amazon, but something similar, and and then you go off the planet to a whole different alien world, and and they were all designed like really beautifully. It was really cool. It just, yeah, I'm just I'm almost at a loss. It just wasn't fun. What's that? Yeah, it sounds cool. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a few games um on my mind going into this episode. So, so so it's not like I just got reminded of this game now when you were describing Zach McCracken, but it does strike me as alarmingly similar to um uh to a game I played a long time ago called Altered Destiny. And it's a game which anytime I bring it up, people generally speak positively of it. And again, like you said, the the graphics are actually really good. Um mm-hmm. the story I thought is hilarious. At least the intro, like the actual premise of it is pretty awesome. Uh it's got some cool locations and scenery. It's got a really cool world that really, you know, it tricked me early on into thinking that I really want to get through the game. Hmm. And I, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of really cool things to look at. If, if graphics are important to you, this is a really good game because there's so many screens of like, you know, it's done in like sort of that uh, Sierra SCI parser kind of uh, era style as Accolade kind of tried to do at that time. And they did well at the look of it. But it was just, I, I can't even describe, especially as a Sierra fan, I, I can't even describe why it's not fun. It just isn't. And I think this is like the first game that really made me realize that there really is something just, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe somebody else can describe it, but there is definitely this divide between being Sierra and wanting to be Sierra. Well, I think you called it because that's the game that followed Less Manly in Search for the King. Yeah. And it was only their second game. And, and Less Manly was kind of, I mean, it almost falls under that same umbrella of what you just said. There. Pretty much. I would exactly, <laughs> I would say exactly the same thing about Less Manly for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I might as well just make it official and say that's one of my picks <laughs> because it, but I don't even need to go beyond that because everything I said about Alter Destiny, I could say about Less Manly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it sounds like Alter Destiny was like the the space quest version of of Less Manly to them. It, it may, maybe even hints of of Zach McCracken borrowing from different places, but mm-hmm. you know, like you said, it's hard to put words to. I, I, I some of the the non Sierra non Lucas games that seem like it, like um, Inherit the Earth, Quest for the Orb, and and Rex Nebula. It's like it almost reminds me of fan art, where it's like. The, even the best fan art in the world's gonna be just slightly off. Like it's yeah. gonna have mm-hmm. it's gonna have some sort of uncanny valley sort of vibe to it, where you're like, that's just not quite right, and it just makes you think like, 
instead of copying their work, if you just did your own thing, you had a talented group of people there. Like you said, the yeah. art's amazing. If you just, just didn't worry about what they were doing. I heard doing. really good things about Inherit the Earth, though. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I haven't finished it, but I played a chunk of it, and it was it was good. It's just I don't know. It it had it just had that same vibe of like you're trying to be something else. Is it right? trying to be like Space Quest kind of? I mean, I pull up a screenshot. The guy's got blonde hair. I'm like, is if Les Manley was Leisure Suit Larry, is this Roger Wilco? The, okay, see, I, I have nothing official on this. But I definitely think that's the case. Like in the mm-hmm. sense that uh, I, I've said quite a few times that Les Manley did itself a disservice by outright, like pretty much saying that they're trying to be Leisure Suit Larry. Yeah. Uh, because they're not even close. Like I don't even say mm-hmm. that in terms of like a quality thing, although there that's that too. But I just mean like the story is nothing like Leisure Suit Larry. There was no reason why they should have wanted to be Leisure Suit Larry, but they but they shamelessly. Um, admitted pretty much i think like they put leisure suit larry references in their game and all that mm-hmm. uh and it's like why that you didn't have to do that at all right yeah even so, as a kid i popped it on and i'm like it's not what i'm looking for and yeah. where's the boobies yeah. i expected more boobies yeah <laughs> uh but they you know so it's like they wanted to be the accolades answer to leisure suit larry when they didn't have to because they weren't anything like it and that's mm-hmm. alter destiny it's like i'm not sure if they came out or in any way, who knows, if any developers on this game can outright say that they had nothing to do and had no desire to be Space Quest. Um, mm. Okay, cool. That's great. But I kind of, I, I think because they set the precedent with Less Manly, I always saw Altered Destiny as sort of being their Space Quest, which yeah. is like, don't do that. You could have just been your own thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to say that, oh, it's such a ripoff of Space Quest. Because they're totally different games, uh, totally different premises and everything. But I did always kind of get that feeling that that was their space quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we hit the nail on the head by saying they set the precedent with with less manly. Like it's we we get it. It's not like Space Quest owns sci-fi in the sci-fi yeah. genre in adventure games. Like we, we were totally clear on that. Anyone's just because you make a space game in that era of gaming and with pixel art, et cetera, it doesn't mean you're trying to be space quest, but like exactly. you said, they set the precedent with less manly. So it's like, I kind of, mm-hmm. I got to assume it at this point that that's, you know, you guys it's are like suspicious. the tab cola to their, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, anyone can make a cop game, but like, clearly they're going to make comparisons. If you talk about blues force or something, right. It's like, mm-hmm. this you're, at that time, at that particular time and place, there's going to be comparisons made. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, honestly, I'll, I'll jump on right there because Blue Force is on my list, and it's 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 a weird one, right? Because Jim Walls designed the game. Who, who, <laughs> yeah. for, for those I who for, maybe I don't know, I always forget about that quest. part. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's, it's so it's it's weird, right? It's it's like uh, I guess to to use the the other the other uh, analogies. It's it's like if Tab Cola hired one of the the Coca Cola guys to come work on on their soda. So it's. It's weird because it's it's you can't really say it's a ripoff because it's it's kind of to me it's almost more purely Police Quest than than Open Season because it's the you know the original designer of the Police Quest series is working on it um, mm-hmm. and it you know I I don't even know that it had that weird uncanny sort of vibe about it or or you know ripoff vibe it kind of didn't it it was really clean just really well done but just it was missing some magic it was missing like some lightning in a bottle stuff that happened at sierra which is weird right because sierra was notoriously a 
just a bunch of people who who landed there by chance. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. in the middle of New York City with with the biggest and best in in their field. It was just you know, someone like Scott Murphy who was like working in a bloody diner or something and just <laughs> just forced his way into the job and you know co designed mm-hmm. some awesome games. That's kind of the story with everyone in Sierra. It was just just sort of fluke. So it's it's weird to say that they why they had that magic, but but I feel like. The people with experience that guided Jim Wells to making the first three Police Quest games great weren't weren't at Tsunami, who who developed Blue Force, to to help guide it into a you know better direction. Because from what I understand, what, what lots of people say is that Jim Wells was like a fantastic storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't think in like a you know a novelist sort of way, but in like a a barbecue sort of way, where where you know yeah. he's the guy just with the loud voice going off telling you know long tales of of times past or whatever. Um, and it, yeah, so it was, it, it was just missing something because it on paper it was great. It was it was not frustrating. It was a really nice blend of, of like Lucas Arts and Sierra in the sense that that it had a little bit of danger and fear of death, but ultimately it was very friendly and forgiving. Um, mm-hmm. But it just it wasn't fun. And I've said it before on on these podcasts. So I, I I won't try and make the joke again like it's original, but I will say maybe maybe the fact that you play literally eighty percent of the game, ninety percent of the game as as a cop who's not a cop at that time <laughs> takes something from it. It really, it's really just a weird scenario where, like, in the the very early stages of the game, you, you're you're a motorcycle cop. You get hit by a car. You're injured, so you're you're put on paid leave to to heal up, and that's when you take on this this murder and uh, you you start investigating a murder. And again, to why it's a good game is because that makes that storyline makes sense. Why would a cop investigate a murder when when he's off duty on paid leave and he's injured? Because now is the time that he can finally investigate the murder of his father. Uh, you know, right. the, the the force doesn't want him to dig up this twenty year old case. You know, on the clock. So now now's a great time to use his skills. And so I mean, it, it really actually does make sense. But it's mm-hmm. it's still just it's just not that fun. It's just you, you, well, it's funny that you'd bring that game up because I'm looking at the game that he, in my opinion, could have potentially have made, which is Police Quest Open Season, as one of the choices on my list. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess he was too busy doing Blue Force. I don't know what ta- what year did the uh, Blue Force come out? I know the Open Season came out in uh, what was it ninety uh, three. Um, that's a good question. I don't remember exactly why Jim Walls wasn't with Sierra anymore at that time. Um, Mm -hmm. so it might've, it might've even been because they, uh, maybe I'm speculating here. I don't know. Uh, I have Mm -hmm. not gotten that far into, um, the Sierra adventure. It's the same year, 93. Yeah. I'm (laughs) guessing what might've happened was that, uh, maybe, you know, Ken Williams probably really wanted to do police quest with Daryl F. Gates and -hmm. was probably saying, sorry, Jim, we don't really need you for this one. So Jim was a sort of like, oh, someone else wants to make a game with me so i'll do that mm-hmm. right right yeah I, I could definitely see that because it's it's from what i've read about open season it was it, a lot of it was the reason it was Dar- daryl gates was because ken williams really wanted that that controversy because in his defense it it served sierra really well up until that point um mm-hmm. you know with, with with everything from from soft porn to to leisure suit larry i mean they 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 had shown that that shocking people into sales worked for them. So I could mm-hmm. I could definitely see, and again I'm just speculating too, but I could totally see him, you know, wanting to get Daryl Gates in there because at the time, you know, that was that was peak peak controversy for for Gates with the whole Rodney King and LAPD situation. So that, that would make sense. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the game was beautiful. I was amazed. It was almost photorealistic. I just, I couldn't connect with Detective John Carey. I just, I couldn't connect with the storyline. I found it a bit disjointed. They were trying to go for shock value and, okay, stereotypes for cheap laughs, but that that's kind of every police quest games, but they just, ah, it was missing the depth. Mm-hmm. So, um, without doing a deep dive, just like off of Wikipedia, it says, all it says is, after Police Quest 3, circumstances developed causing Jim Walls to resign from Sierra. Well, it didn't bode well for this game, because I tell you, I was so prepared to like it. And I, it, it could have been labeled as a police procedural, I guess the problem I had, of course, because they were pushing it enough with Police Quest 3, was just that it was it was what I thought was going to be Police Quest 4, and it was nothing of the sort. Yeah. But a beautiful game, right? <laughs> they really forced it with that one. You know, like it, trying to force something to happen where it's like, you know, they, they bring in the new guy hoping that it's, it's again, using lightning in a bottle uh, again as in a, in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for me, um, I, I've not played Open Season and I, I, it just kind of never really looked fun for me. Uh, I Let's assume that I, I'm not going to like it, right? Let, mm. Let's assume that um, it's good that I don't play it because I'll probably hate it. I, I don't know if I will. I've heard some people say good things about it, honestly. Mm-hmm. But let's assume that it's not the game for me. I am kind of tempted to actually still defend it and say, um, if they were going without Jim Walls, if they were going something else, and it's not Police Quest 4 officially, it's Police Quest Open Season, I'm glad that they did something different. I'm glad they didn't try to be police quests one through three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah there, would, think- there would be something insulting about that, I would think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and I think that was a big part of the problem in my head. I was so solid. And I mean, they say when you reference it online, it's often called Police Quest 4. I was really being younger looking for that. Yeah. I thought there was going to be a storyline. I wanted to see Sunny. I'm, I was, you know, into the characters. Yeah, I, I think it's a misnomer. I think, um, you know, it's an unofficial title. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, but I, it got used so frequently that I think people just latched onto it as being Police Quest 4, and it totally wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on any level, really. <laughs> it really wasn't. Yeah. It's curious, too, because Blue, Blue Force, in, in a weird technicality, is kind of Police Quest 4, just because it's it's Jim, Jim Wall's the the next the fourth game Jim Walls made with a police officer. So here's an interesting little um, thing to throw in there. Tsunami, who, as you said, made uh, Blue Force, um, largely consisted of former Sierra employees, huh? And uh, was housed in Sierra's original locality. Quote unquote. Oh wow! Really? I'm glad I I got I said earlier that that Blue Force actually didn't feel like a ripoff because that 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 gives some validity to something <laughs> I say for once. Um, <laughs> because yeah, it, it didn't it didn't have that that um, accolade you know kind of tab, tab cola sort of feel to it, um, and that, I guess that explains why. So that's nice. Well, it, that's interesting. So it turns out Tsunami made interactive movies, and their third interactive movie is called Man Enough, which is a dating sim that has sexy live action video sequences. Mm. Oh, nice. Did Tsunami do uh, Return of the Phantom? No, that was Microprose. No. Yes, oh. that's right. Uh, honestly, looking at these screenshots, if you hadn't, like, if you tried to pass that off to me as Sierra, I would probably believe you. Mm-hmm. It really um, does. Ju- just yeah. by the look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it looks, uh, for those listening maybe in a car and you can't Google it or listening anywhere else and you don't want to Google it, it looks just like, uh, not just like, but a lot like Police Quest 3. Mm-hmm. When Jim Walls resigned from Sierra, I hope his last words were, you're blowing it. I so want that to be <laughs> yeah. true so bad, Rick. And then he just walks away. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's. Uh, I think that's all the time we got. This is. This has been a, a fun one. We. Uh, we could possibly continue this. This topic in the future, or maybe we'll. We'll throw a curveball and do uh, terrible games that were fun. So you know, <laughs> bloody look forward to that. Maybe. Um, do us. Do us an email. Where do you send that email? You ask. Well, <laughs> it's funny you say that because I'm looking at our last podcast upload so that I can see all the things <laughs> I'm supposed to say now. <laughs> and it says to email us. Uh, it doesn't say the email in these, does it? Damn it. <laughs> oh, God. Really? It doesn't? It doesn't. No, no. Um, but that's that's fine, because they heard it here, because it's mail at classicgamersguild.com. Nope. Is it? Yes. yes. It is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fake left, go right. So it was. Um, that's great. We're, we're, a, we're a group, and... Uh, and a page on Facebook, you should, you should find us on there. It's facebook.com slash classic gamers guild or, or just search it on Facebook like most people probably do. You can find us on Instagram at CGG podcast. We're on Twitter. Do us a bloody tweet at the CG guild. Uh, the show is literally made possible by you guys, especially those on our Patreon. And we really appreciate the support genuinely, especially to those in our extra special thanks tier on Patreon. Thank you so much to our, to our good mates, Mark Fillion and Jay Holmes. We really appreciate you guys. And of course, everyone in general. And I mean, I think that's basically bloody it. So, you know, thanks for listening and don't do a bloody murder. <laughs>